Hello, I am Katina Horton, the Love and Freedom Toxic Relationship Recovery Coach. And today's message is entitled, Seven Reasons Unclean Spirits Keep Returning to Your Soul. And this is part two, and it's just going to be a super quick message today. And what I want to remind you of is that we always do what? We wear a tie so that we can make an impact. And that means that we're analyzing, we're troubleshooting, we are implementing, we're empowering, and then we're impacting the women that are in our homes, in our communities, and then where? Around the world. And so for um, our message, we're just going to pick right on up with number three. This is the third reason, the third reason why unclean spirits keep returning to your soul. You have signed up as the scapegoat. Jesus was the ultimate scapegoat. He went to the cross to serve as a redemption bridge for us to be back in relationship with God, right? And we had the first Adam who failed, right? That was with Adam and Eve. He failed in the Garden of Eden. And so Jesus was the representation of the second Adam who accepted being turned over so that he could be crucified over in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? And so what happened is that he made the ultimate decision to do what? To be the ultimate sacrifice slash scapegoat for all of the sins of the whole entire world. We are not Jesus. <laughs> God did not create us to be the scapegoat in our workplaces for when something goes wrong with the company's finances or their inventory not being up to par, right? When something is going on with the owner of the company, when the clients of the companies get mad, we were not meant to serve in that position. We were not meant to serve in the positions in our families where when something goes down in the family, everybody reverts to one person, right? We were not meant to serve as the position in our families for everybody else's toxicity and to be emotional regulators for them when they are unable to deal with what? Their own childhood wounds, their own unresolved trauma, their own emotions. And the way that they offput is by doing what? Often devaluing and belittling and their own rage. We were never created to be able to do those things, right? And so what happens is, when you sign up for something you were never created for, then sadly, we suffer the consequences that goes along with serving in roles we were never created to do, right? Our minds, bodies, souls, and spirits were never created to hold the trauma, the unresolved trauma, the undealt with the brokenness, right? The vulnerabilities, childhood wounds, and issues dealing with personalities and wirings of other individuals. That's for each and every one of us to do our own self-work and to work out, right? God never intended for us to uh, serve in taking on somebody else's bl uh, blood on our behalf, someone else's toxicity in that sense, right? And so what happens is that this person in the scapegoat position, they're going to reach a fork in the road. It's going to happen. They're going to reach a fork in the road. And so what's going to happen is 
either they're going to end up doing one of three things as we talked about on yesterday. Either they're going to keep it slash internalize it, right? This clutter that's in their mind, body, soul, and spirit. Okay, then option number two is that they are going to give it away, which is the equivalent of blowing a trauma through somebody else, right? And then option number three would be what? Throwing it away. And when you throw it away, that means that it's not going to see a forgiveness, but you are owning your story so you can own your feelings, owning your story so you can own your healing. And then what you are doing in turn with all of this is that you are throwing all of that toxic mindset and corrupt software away and you are adopting the love and freedom uh, software, right? That God is all about. That's his operating system is love and freedom. And it's already, it comes back with a 100% money back uh, guarantee, right? And we have that daughter of the king software that's attached to it, right? And so when we don't know our worth, we can allow other people to define it for us, right? We think that scapegoat position is something to walk around with a badge of honor about, but it's not. That was Jesus's role. And so we have in turn taken on his role, right? And start to believe what? As a scapegoat person, this is what I deserve, right? I deserve to suffer. This is what I deserve. And this is all because of what? Not setting up boundaries. As we talked about yesterday, Jesus did not deserve to suffer, right? Even though he was the ultimate scapegoat for our sins, right? Ultimate scapegoat. But remember, when there's childhood wounds, there's unresolved trauma, there's undeserved and undealt uh, with brokenness from these individuals. What happens as the scapegoat person, all of this stuff from other people that you have allowed to come into your system all this time, it's not going anywhere until you deal with it. And so what happens is that individual who's the scapegoat reaches a fork in the road and either you, you have to make a decision to do one of three things with it, keep it and internalize it, give it away and blow it through somebody else or throw it away. And so when you reach that fork in the road, if you do not take care of it by throwing it away, right? Owning that story so you can own your feelings, owning your story so you can own your healing, you become the toxic one, unfortunately. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, how do I become the toxic one? What happens is that you become the toxic one through projection. You take all the treatment that was done to you from each of those individuals in your family, from each of those individuals at church, from each of those individuals in the workplace, from each of those individuals in business, from each of those individuals in ministry, and you do what? You take all of that unresolved trauma from all those people all of that undealt with brokenness, all of their vulnerabilities and childhood wounds, right? That's been infused in you and you've been used as a poison container for, right? That scapegoat, the ultimate sacrifice, which is a position that none of us can even qualify for, but we can often take that on, right? By thinking what, this is what, this, this is what I deserve, right? I'm going to suffer on behalf of the whole family, on behalf of the whole church, on behalf of the whole job on behalf of the entire company, on behalf of the whole ministry and or business. When you take that on and you do not deal with it, what can happen is you take that information and you project it onto someone else. So then unfortunately, you become the toxic individual through projection because you mirror their behavior and then project it onto other people who have nothing to do with 
what it is that has been done to you. And then when they become venom, remember the verse that I read on yesterday, that Matthew 12 or 43 to 45, when the unclean spirit has already gone out of that person that has done the work and you come and infuse the venom into them, right? Then what happens is now they've got work from not only you as the scapegoat, but from all the other individuals who did what? Who, who used you as a poison container for their toxic jealousy, for their toxic envy, for their childhood wounds, for their undealt with brokenness, for their unresolved trauma. So you've now become a carrier, so to speak, and channel of venom. And that is in the form of the viper spirit, right? And so what happens is that it's kind of a culmination, like I said, so to speak, because all of these individuals who poured into you, you're taking that plus your own childhood wounds. And then you are becoming what? Venom slash poison and pouring it to someone else that has already done their work. So now if this individual has done a significant amount of work, what happens is that automatically, just, just right off the back, they're going to realize like, this is not even my junk. This is not even my stuff. I, I, this is not even my issues. They're going to realize that they have been infected. It's almost like a person getting sepsis from getting uh, a bit by a, a true venom snake, right? And that venom goes inside and it can affect their organs and all of that. And you realize something is in my bloodstream that should not be there. And it's the same thing when as the scapegoat, when you don't do your work and you end up being a poison, uh, a poison deliverer, so to speak, right? You bite someone else. And then what happens is that individual who has done the work is going to immediately recognize this blood of my soul, so to speak, this blood that's in my body, right? This blood that's in my mind, this blood that's in my spirit has been tainted. So now they have to do the work that you did not do. And so what we want to do is to be able to do what? To get to the point of doing our own self-work. And that starts with what? Setting up boundaries, right? And it also starts with just knowing our worth, knowing that we have value. I want to end with 1 John 2, 1 through 2. It says, my little children, I am writing you these things so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He himself is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours, but also for those of the whole world. You are enough. Reclaim your power, soul, and identity today. And then I want you to reclaim the power, soul, and identity of your calling. Grab your keys to the kingdom and get your inheritance. Remember, Jesus is the ultimate scapegoat. I am Katina Horton, the Love and Freedom Toxic Relationship Recovery Coach. Until next time, I love you. Be blessed.
this hole that I've done for me. He made a valley of grace where things would change, and maybe they take up the cross high again. The valley of grace was never the same after he had died. The love that refines There's no sense Trying to do it on my own He gave more Than I could have known He turned those valleys Into places to learn Instead of burn and perish away and nights never so cold without his grace how could I say that I've seen the world from his great love how could I know what he could love how would I've seen what he had in store for me if I and let him be my valley of grace Where things would change And maybe they'd take up the cross high again The valley of grace Never was the same after he had died The love that refines So oh.